This podcast is sponsored by AAA, the American Automobile Association. AAA members get discounts on tickets, resort accommodations, and more at Walt Disney World and other Orlando attractions. If you book a qualifying Walt Disney World Resort vacation package at select AAA offices, you'll receive a free subscription to touringplans.com, as well as dedicated trip planning resources just for AAA clients. Go to AAA.com or ask your local AAA travel agent for more details on this offer. Hi, this is Len Testa. Welcome back to another edition of the Unofficial Guide Disney Dish Podcast with Jim Hill. Today we're going to be exploring Mickey's Toontown in Disneyland. Jim and I have been walking through the park. Hope you've been enjoying the episodes. Right now we're walking under the bridge that holds the train tracks that is the entrance to Toontown. Jim, how's it going? It's going great. It's going great. Fabulous. All right, so the so Toontown was not part of the original opening day for, for Disneyland. How does Toontown get developed? Well, you know, for the longest time, I mean, face it, you know, the, when you think of the Disney theme parks, you think of the characters. Now, remembering, though, that, that for the opening day parade, when you've seen those really crude-looking character costumes, those weren't Disney designed. Those were uh, from the Shipstead and Johnson Ice Follies. Disney had borrowed them for the day. And uh, these are the ones with the Mickey Mouse with the really skinny legs. It looks like yeah. it's somebody wearing leggings. No, I mean, it's just they're really weird-looking. And what ends up happening is that it wasn't until 62 that Disney got serious about designing its own character costumes for this park. Okay. And to get me wrong, the characters, you know, were clearly in the attractions, but the notion of having employees come out and, and be the characters. So the, the idea of the characters walking around the parks wasn't something that Disney had, had embraced. Very late in the game idea. I mean, we're talking 62, but that's seven years after the park opens. And from the moment the characters came into the park, you know, they were a smash hit. Though what's kind of funny is that, you know, it's almost worth it to, if you've got friends who've got 8mm movies from the 60s or thereabouts of the characters, when you see a character encounter, it's just this almost somber event. I mean, literally, people would walk up to the characters, like shake their hand, and they'd stand next to them, get their picture, and move on. But, of course, that was when people had 8mm film, and they didn't want the characters moving too much because it's like, film is expensive. And it's, <laughs> you got three seconds in. Yeah. Three, yeah. two, one. All right. All right. And it was only with the arrival of video and sound, it's like, do something, dance, say something. <laughs> That's right, yeah, because a videotape was much less expensive than... That's it, exactly. You didn't have to get it developed or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that... that so and that we, was like, what, late 70s, early 80s when it started? Yeah. Okay. And, okay. And in meantime, again, you know, the, this is this is the Michael, you know, 84 Michael Eisner walks in the door, and this is when Disney gets very serious about branding for characters, and you see the rise of things like the Disney Afternoon, where, you know, DuckTales, all, all of that sort of thing. And they have been going back and forth about, should we do something with the character? I mean, the characters walk around the park, people enjoy them, but should... But there's no place you can go to just meet them. It's, yeah. it, it's more spontaneous at that point, right? It's sort of a, a random encounter of Mickey Mouse or a, exactly. a random inc- encounter. And and where it gets kind of interesting is that Toontown actually didn't start here in, in California. It actually started at Walt Disney World. Um, the It's 1987, I want to say. Excuse me, 87, uh, they, they realized, wait a minute, we're coming up on Mickey's 60th. And it's like, ooh, wouldn't it be cool if we could build something around that? And but you have to understand this is like December of '87, and in, in one of these stories that people still talk about, in a hundred days, they built Mickey's Birthday Land in Walt Disney World. Walt Disney World, where you know they, they took the you know they looked at the old Mickey shorts, they figured out what his house looked like, 
Um, in fact, I, I, to this day, what cracks me up is the, um, the the structure that's just been done is Pete's sideshow. You know, the county bounty that was thrown up in oh, yeah. 100 days is still there, this temporary it's still building. still there, this, yeah. You know, it was funny because when they were doing the construction for uh, for World, mm-hmm. and they left that that structure up, you're like, okay, well, clearly it was it was too big to, to go away. But it's still a retail space. No, absolutely, okay. along with meet and greet. That yep, they, meet you and know, greet, yeah. So, but that was a huge success. I mean, people just came to the park and raved about the fact that they could finally meet Mickey. Not understanding, of course, that you know you entered the there were you know and the dark secret. You know, that's not just one Mickey. There's four rooms of Mickey. And, you know, there's only one Mickey. Well, there's only one Mickey, but there's four rooms that Mickey could possibly be in. Right. So it's sort of like the Heisenberg uncertainty principle of Mickey Mouse. That's all right. <laughs> Is there a dead Mickey in this room? All right. Anyway, um, okay. Uh, long so, story short. So they so they they open it up in World mm-hmm. in '88. It's a huge hit, and and so here's um, here's Disneyland looking at that like, oh, we've always wanted to do something like that, but it, it just. But at the same time, they weren't sure how to do it. So there was Did, was was their land back here now? Uh, was their land back here past the the berm? Past oh, the, the train station? That this, in fact, this was always part of the plan. That that this, for example, if they had gone forward with Mickey's, uh, uh, excuse me, Dumbo Circus, this is actually where you would have gone under the the railroad tracks for. Um, what is it? Uh, Mickey's Madhouse. Also, the the, the uh, Dis- Circus Disney ride. I mean, this was going to be the where the areas where those show buildings were going to be located. Oh, okay. um, so you know, they always recognized it as prime territory to put something in. You know, I mean, hell, there was at one point uh, Mark Davis was actually talking about doing a Snow Queen ride back out here. Where Snow Queen? Snow Queen. Seriously, you would have. With from what uh, film? No, that this was literally no film. No film, just Snow Queen. Just going past all of these wonderful show scenes of dancing snow owls and polar bears and penguins and interesting. You know, again, Mark needed to cut back on the martinis. But anyway, so um, so most of uh, Toontown here, if you if you walk into Toontown and you go to your left, you've got a Mickey Mouse greeting area, you've got Chippendales treehouse, you've got a uh, little roller coaster theme to Goofy. Yep. Um, you've got meeting Mickey, meeting Minnie. You've got a couple of food things, but the sort of the big attraction in in Toontown, besides the uh, you know all the sort of walkthrough stuff that you have, the big attraction is uh, the the Roger uh, Rabbit cartoon spin. And it's it's funny you bring that up because I, again they were really struggling for a hook about what to do here. An anchor, it's sort yeah. of an anchor attraction. And and so the original version of uh, Mickey's Toontown was uh, you would literally come into the downtown area where, where uh, Roger Rabbit is located. This is where Mickey, Minnie, Donald's house were going to be located. Okay. And in the area up where um, the, the, the meet and greets are located now, that was going to be the 100-acre woods. And, okay. you know, you'd have a Winnie the Pooh meet and greet area, and you were actually going to be able, they were going to blow through, uh, create a walk-through area so you could, that, that's the other, uh, the one flaw of Mickey's Toontown is, again, it's a cul-de-sac. You come yeah. in, you come out. But they were going to do the blow-through so you could exit back into Fantasyland through the Winnie the Pooh area. And, in fact, you could come in through the 100-acre woods and come down here. You know, everyone agrees it's not quite working. And, you know, because, again, there's really no connective tissue between Winnie the Pooh and Mickey Mouse other than they're, you know, the one, number one and two top-selling sure. you know, retail characters. Um, and then suddenly, 1988, here comes Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It's like, oh, oh, my God, we finally got it. We've got the character 
that you know um, and now it makes sense because you know Mickey's actually been in the Roger Rabbit film sure. we've, we've seen the character so it's like okay and Toontown makes sense that's too. right and Mickey's Toontown um, now where this gets complicated is that of course Roger is owned not just by Disney but also by Steven Spielberg's uh, Ambling Productions uh, in fact you know the long stalled out uh, sequel uh, in fact that's the that's the saddest part of this story there was a sequel planned to uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? There have been no less than five sequels written. There is... Wow. Uh, there's the Who Discovered Roger Rabbit, which, you know, you know, shows him coming to Hollywood. Uh, there's a, a, a version where Roger was a Broadway star and then came to Hollywood. My own personal favorite, um, and I, in, in fact, this was the one that came within inches of being made, but basically, um, the story picks up in 1954... Um, and it's Eddie Valiant getting hired by Walt Disney. Yeah. All right. And literally, that that I'm doing something out in Anaheim, and really, get you know, I need there's something going on at the work site, and can you go check it out? And so it's like, and Roger, who's having had trouble transitioning the television, decides you know that that you know, all right, well, I'll, I'll work as your assistant. And they go out to the work site and they find out there's a nefarious plot to prevent Disneyland from being built, and. And the other, the backstory to um, the the this version of um, the the Roger Rabbit sequel is that the real reason that Walt Disney is building um, a place is building Disneyland is he wants a place where his tunes can go live, that where they can be safe because Los Angeles has started to grow up and it's encroaching on Toontown. <laughs> and so, in fact, there was this this great scene that they wrote for the movie where it's the caravan of tunes that are saying goodbye to Toontown, but they're driving up the five so they can all go move into Disneyland. It's sort of like a Noah, Noah's Ark type thing, oh, too. It, it's it, it great, you know, but, but the notion of, you know, they've got, you know, for example, the giant fish tank that they've got Monstro in. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're bringing going him down out, the, Going down the highway. Going down the highway. Way. And it, it ended with this epic battle on the Disneyland worksite between the Disney villains and the Disney heroes. And, and it, it's Eddie Valiant and Roger who tipped the balance. And and so what ends up happening is, you know, it's it's now the opening day of Disneyland. And you're literally watching Eddie Valiant and, and Roger standing there as Walt gives these for all who come this happy day welcome speech. And, and so and you see the characters gambling around in the park in those horrible costumes we were just talking about. And, but you know, see them go backstage and they pull up the head, and it's Mickey in the horrible <laughs> Mickey suit. <laughs> That's classic. You know, and it's just the notion of, and they're literally going back outstage to Toontown, Town, and it's like where they live, and you know, they 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 finally have this place where they can, and and the notion, and and Roger, you know, and, and Eddie are talking to Walt. Are you ever going to open it up to the public? Is it maybe someday? <laughs> and so the notion is this was the film they were going to make to introduce Toontown. Toontown. And, you know, the whole gimmick was that this was going to be made summer of 90, uh, 91, uh, you know, 91, 92, and Toontown opens December of 93. And so it's like, and it literally the gimmick of the land that Walt Disney built for the tunes. They finally oh. decided, we trust you folks, you can come in. And, you know... Oh. I don't know, it just would have been killer. It would have been a great 30-minute or, uh, you know, hour-long Disney Channel movie. Oh, I agree. I agree. And the, But that was part of the problem, that, that finding a thing that worked. And in fact, but they were so committed to this idea. The notion is you needed to have a work site of a, you know, a Disney. Sure. So what they were actually planning on doing is sending Bob Hoskins and the villain of the film and all that 
over to Disneyland Paris, which was still being constructed at that time. Oh, during the filming there? Yeah, during... Uh, on you, I mean, oh gosh! <laughs> you know, on, on, on the work site of, you know, and, and trying to sell that as Disneyland. Oh, sure, we're, we, we would never have known the difference. Yeah. Oh, that would have been great. No, that would have been classic. It's a killer idea. But, uh. but, but again, you know, just that, that that was in the middle of the, the fight between Disney and Spielberg about, you know, who actually controlled the rights. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, Spielberg... I, Spielberg got nasty about it. I mean, they, he literally, for example, they were working on what was supposed to be the third Roger Rabbit cartoon, uh, uh, A Hair in My Soup, at, at MGM. And, you know, he waited till they were, you know, halfway in through the thing and said, you know, I don't like that cartoon. Shut it down. Wow. Well, he, he got mad because the second Roger Rabbit short, basically, he wanted it out in front of Arachnophobia, which was the film he'd made for um, Hollywood Pictures. And Disney decided to put it out in front of Dick Tracy. And it, it, at that point, Spielberg was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm I am not playing fair anymore. And he, he shut it down. Oh, I, that's know. a shame. So... But anyway, to, to get to the first pass on, on Toontown, when they finally decided, okay, we're going to do the Roger Rabbit thing, a couple of interesting ideas. Uh, one was, again, we, we've talked about the Little Mermaid ride. This was the first place after the motorboat cruise where they decided, okay, if we're not going to tear down the monorail track and put that in there, it was literally going to be over here uh, where that the Toon Park was. Oh, yeah, so right, it's a seating area right now yeah. and some facades. Okay, but it, get, it gets stranger. Right next to the Little Mermaid Theater, okay. uh, you know, the, the dark ride, was going to be the Muppet Vision 3D Theater. Wow, that's a pretty big uh, theater. And, and it remind me, I actually have the concept art for this. That I've got the slide that a friend who was in the library is like, we're never going to build this, but here, you hang on to this. You know. Um, so it's it was... Mermaid, mermaid next to Muppets. Muppet. Are we going then, alphabetical order? <laughs> I don't know what Mermaid, the Muppet, Mouse. There we go, all right? I don't, and then up the hill into to, to Mickey's. But but it gets better. The, the the thing, and I honestly wish they had done this, the first iteration of Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin. In fact, if you look up at the, the, the rooftops of Toontown here, you notice the railing there, you notice the doorways, all that. Oh, yeah, so we're, so we're, looking, at, uh, we're looking at the powerhouse the uh, over the post office in between the five and diamond, there's actually a railing. It's it's one of the few uh, 3D effects. I mean, there's lots of things that are sort of uh, uh, squash and stretch, but this is an actual. It, it looks like there's a roadway or something between the fence and the back and of the. That's it exactly. The idea was that that you were literally your 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 Lenny the cab was supposed to at one point come out of the building and roll across the no, there's even doors right there where That's you can could... exactly uh... they, uh, you know and, and it's, you, were, you know and so it meant for example the the toontown five and dime here you would have driven through show scenes here and just continued along the rooftops where you then when you fell back down to earth you were back in the, the show building oh clever so no no it's yeah yeah over on the over where uh, where roger robert is uh, next to me guys are in uh, toontown take a look because there's a uh, there's definitely an area there where they could have done uh, an outdoor portion of the uh, of the attraction. Yeah, it just again, but the classic case of okay, how much is that going to cost? It's oh. like uh, you know, and it just you know, I, again, Eisner. This is when the first set of invoices are starting to come in for you know Euro Disneyland. It's like eh, we're going to creep that in a little bit. You don't need to go outside the building. Ah, it's a shame. It's a shame. So what's uh, what's next for for Toontown? Any any, uh, any plans? Well. <sighs> There are conversations because, face it, Gadget's Go Coaster. You know, who knows who Gadget is anymore? I mean, that's true. I mean, there's a there's a live action film uh, a while ago, but 
Yeah, it's didn't, it, didn't do that great. Well, uh, more to the point, the gadget is actually from Chippendale Rescue Rangers, the Disney Afternoon series. Um, so th- there have been some discussions about, well, if we were going to retheme that around a particular character, what would we do? Um, that coupled with the fact that, 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 frankly, since 93 to now, it's almost 20 years later, the Disney lawyers have gotten that more stringent. I mean, if you were here in, in you know January of 93, you know, the things you could have done in, on Donald's boats would just startle you. Could, <laughs> you know, likewise, the bounce house, uh, yeah. you know, just, you know, you, you want to jump up and down and potentially hurt yourself. I mean, I shudder to think what this is going to be like in 25 years where basically they'll pack the children in styrofoam as they enter the park. And, and, that, and that'll you, be it. You know, put your bubble wrap on and try not to touch anything with sharp edges. Um, now, for now, I, you know, uh, to be honest, a lot of the money that's spent on on Toontown, I mean, this is one of the hardest areas in the park to keep up because of the paint palette. I mean, just look at how... Oh, yeah, it's got uh, it's got pretty much every palette. It's got dark blues, it's got light blues, it's got pale blues, it's got so, all kinds of greens, it's got reds, it's got yellows. Some of the stuff is, is faded intentionally. Some of it, I think, is, uh, is, is actually just sun. No, that's it exactly. But it's it just it, something like this, or for, for example, Seuss's Landing at, at, at Universal's oh, Island yes. Adventure. I mean, you you just you start painting at one end, and by the time you get to the other end, it's time to start over yeah, again. Yeah, that's true. You know, just in order. Yeah, look at like that, how Clarabelle's is faded. No. I mean, that was probably red at one point. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. But but again, it's it, it's it's been a hit right out of the box, and uh, you know that in fact, Tokyo Disneyland couldn't move fast enough to get their own version. Uh, and I know that you know, it, it's kind of ironic that, you know, how long did it take before they finally did something a little bit more upscale uh, for Walt Disney World? I, but again, still same thing. It's like, where does Mickey live now? You know, Walt Disney World. Yeah, that's true. That's kind of funny. We uh, we mentioned that in the in the book back when um, back when Fantasyland was announced that essentially it was the princess is kicking Mickey out. But uh, yeah, so Mickey lives in uh, Main Street. Well, okay. <laughs> you know. right. He's at the front of the park, but you don't see him once you enter. No. And, 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 and in fact, that's the thing. You, you, he's not a walk around now. You've got to go find him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Okay. Yeah, All right. Well, that, that, that does it for uh, this edition of the uh, of the show. For Jim Hill, this is Len Testa. Thanks very much for listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes and tell us what you'd like to hear next. Again, for Jim, this is Len. We'll see you on the next show.